Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. It is Friday, April 28th. It is seven minutes after nine, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So when I say that it happened in the middle of the night under the cover of darkness, I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly when the Indiana legislature passed the $44 billion budget. Our lawmakers and our governor are a joke and a disgrace. They go out of their way to be as anti-transparent as anti-transparent as possible. They clearly took transparency classes from the Brownsburg Police Department and Brownsburg Community School Corporation, which we'll get into here in just a little bit. Um, no, you're absolutely right. After they they signed off on the session, a flurry of very important things happened, like that. Yeah. After midnight. When no one's up, other than the reporters, who did a fine job, and we're going to have Nikki Kelly coming up here in a little bit from Indiana Capital Chronicle to tell us the scams and you know charades that those guys pulled last night. But they made major changes to major issues, and I guarantee you, Casey... They didn't have a chance to read it all? Mike Young, who is a senator from Plainfield, admitted last night, mm-hmm. and he's more in tune to it than most of those guys are that he didn't get anywhere close to getting through reading it yeah so what you have here is the indiana republican party and the governor because he's signing the stuff passing things major important things from school funding to property tax stuff they have no idea what they voted on if you if you hook those guys the 97 percent of them up to a lie detector test right now There's no way they'd pass it if you asked them if they read it and understood it. Yeah. They wanted to get the hell out of there. There wasn't time. They wanted to not come back today. And let's face it. These people aren't all that bright to begin with. And I just want to touch on one thing. And we're going to go into this with Nikki Kelly about how pathetic these people are and what a bunch of pathological liars these people are and how they just make it up as they go along. Will you just bear with me for one second? Floor is yours. So last year, you may remember when the uh, General Assembly decided to gift us with $200 of the $1,500 that they were sitting on of, of ours. And many of us, including the Democrats at the time, had told the Republicans, hey, you should probably just suspend the gas tax because that would do the most good for the most people. And I had the grave misfortune and made the grave mistake of having a roughly 20-minute conversation with my state representative, Jeff Thompson, who is now the head of Ways and Means. And at the time when I said, hey, look, people are hurting. You guys are the party of low taxes and limited government. I mean, you're supposed to be. You're not, but you claim you are. The best thing you could do for people's pocketbooks would be to suspend the gas tax. And he said, no, 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 we can't do that because we're totally dedicated to paying this pre-1996 teacher pension debt down. Yeah. Which, if you'll remember, Casey, they literally changed the law last year to say that any surplus between uh, $2.5 billion and $5 billion 
automatically goes to pay down the teacher pension debt. That's how important it was. No, no, no. You don't understand, Rob. We're going to get this teacher pension debt paid down because it's so important. And then you'll see all the fruits of this. But this is our sacred cow. This is the untouchable. You're a moron. You don't understand. Yep. They've said over and over, they got to get that off the table before they can move on to anything else. Their word's not mine. And I told him, I said, you're awful and you're full of it. But okay, that's the world we're going to live in, where paying off the debt is the most important thing. Reasonable people can disagree, fine. Last night, as we headed towards the middle of the night, because, again, no one reads or understands anything over at 200 West Washington Street, and the Republican Party lawmakers are lazy, intellectually uncurious and lazy, at the last minute they realized, crap, This school funding formula that we voted on and approved that we didn't read, nor did we put any effort in to understand, isn't going to pay out to some of our districts what we thought it was going to pay out to. We got to do something. Mm -hmm. Well, but we've already approved all the money. It's already been moved around. Okay, time out. And of course, what they do when they call time out, Casey, is they go into a private room where you and I can't see it. Now, if a local lawmaker, a city or town council did what they did, They'd be in big trouble because it'd be an open door violation. But because these guys write the laws for themselves, they exempt themselves. You remember like how they exempted themselves from the mask mandate a couple years ago? So they go into a private room, talk amongst themselves. It's like the church lady on Saturday Night Live or whoever that was. Mike Myers was the one. You all talk amongst yourselves. And they come out and say, we found $300 million. Where'd you find that? We're taking it out of the pre-96 teacher pension fund. Uh, but... But wait a minute. But, but wait. But wait. We we were, we were told last year we, the peasants... The gas... Couldn't get our tax. money or the gas tax suspended because you were putting it all to paying down teacher pension debt and that that was the total sacred cow that could never be touched. In a matter of minutes, Casey, mm-hmm. they took $300 million that was supposed to be paying down that pension obligation and put it to public education, continuing to fund the crap that we saw in that video from Plainfield and Martinsville and Elkhart and Goshen. Mm-hmm. And like what we have seen over the past several weeks with the Brownsburg Community School Corporation. Yep. It's a shell game. They are. they. These Republicans proved once again that they like what's going on in the public schools because, again, with no uh, public debate or testimony or anything, just like that. I believe it was 1.30 in the morning that happened. Here's $300 million. Who's it going to? Wish us the best. These people are liars. They're gross. They're sick, twisted, demented people, and they hate you. They hate you. Stop voting for them. It's 13 minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tonight, 
17 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So last night in the middle of the night, the Indiana legislature passed the $44 billion budget. Something else happened last night that may have kept you up late. Oh? It was the NFL draft. Yes. Of course, the fourth pick in the draft went to the Colts, and they chose Anthony Richardson for quarterback. What's up, Coach Nation? It's quarterback Anthony Richardson. I'm ready to come home. Okay, so he's uh, from Florida, from yes. Gainesville, played at University of Florida, and uh, looking pretty good. I'm kind of excited about this. Well, there's, uh, I, you know how I am, Casey. I maintain the NFL draft is the most awesome sporting event of the entire year, round one of the NFL draft. It had all sorts of drama. There were all sorts of trades. Yeah. There was, a, you know, and I know this makes me a terrible person, but every year my favorite part is there is some guy who is one of the guys who starts falling in the draft. And if you're unfamiliar with this, the top picks are invited to wherever the draft is. It was Kansas City this year. And they sit in a green room. And then when they get their name called, they walk up on stage with the commissioner and put their hat on. Mm -hmm. And every year, there's some high-profile guy who, for whatever reason doesn't get picked where they think yeah and then the thing becomes every break they're putting the camera on the guy to see if it's gonna be his pick aaron Rodgers was the guy years ago mm -hmm. he had like a serial killer stare on his face the entire time uh brady quinn brady quinn from uh, notre dame famously i think his girlfriend left in the middle of the thing or something like that or at least she was out of the camera shot uh johnny manzel uh, so that this year it was will levis mm -hmm. who made it all the way the quarterback from kentucky some people thought he was going to be the number one pick, made it all the way through the first round, still hasn't been selected. So the commentators at the end of it last night, if you stayed up to watch it to the very end, Kirk Herbstreet and the, and the crew, they said the most surprising pick was from the Colts that they thought uh, Ballard was doing something a little different. He only started 13 times, but apparently what they saw, they this, liked. Well, this has disaster written all over it. And given the fact that Levis fell out of the first round, I think there's a lot of people waking up today with some buyer's remorse saying this Richardson guy, while he may not have fallen out of the first round, the fact that the other top quarterback, Hendon Hooker, wasn't taken in the first round, you might have been able to trade back and get this guy at 10 or, or you know, say a 15 or 17 potentially. And so um, a lot of buyer's remorse from some people. Incredible ceiling but a very, very low floor on this guy, and it could be a, just an abject disaster. So it'll be entertaining, to mm -hmm. say the least. Yeah, it was very uh, neat to see how the NFL did the stage. The whole presence of the draft last night was really cool. I mean, I don't know if you noticed how the lights were changing to match the team's color yes. every time. I just thought they, they did a really neat job. That would have been uh, something to be there live and, to see that. And the NFL has done a phenomenal job, so it was not that long ago, at least by you know, modern standards, whatever, 30 years ago, that the NFL draft was in a hotel room somewhere. It just keeps getting bigger every year. And then they went to Radio City Music mm -hmm. Hall, and now it's this traveling show where there were probably over 100,000 people outdoors in Kansas City last night yeah. for this event. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I don't know if you noticed from that very quick clip that we played of him he has an extremely deep voice and i did put in the request for an interview 
with him. We'll see if he gets back to us. Well, perfect. He and says I- he's excited to come to Indy. Well, we'll see how excited right. he is. Absolutely. And I can't wait to hear you interview Anthony Richardson. I'm very <laughs> excited for that. Let's talk about Nikki Haley. She said that it is unlikely that President Biden will make it until 86 years old. <laughs> so Nikki Haley is, of course, running for president, former ambassador to the U.N. under Trump. She was mm-hmm. the governor of South Carolina. And well, let's play this audio here, Casey. She basically says Biden is going to die yeah. if he gets reelected. You know, he's announced his, um, you know, that he's running again in 2024. And I think that we can all be very clear and, and say with a matter of fact that if you vote for Joe Biden, you really are counting on a President Harris because the idea that he would make it until 86 years old is not um, is not something that I think is likely. Nikki, Nikki Haley needs some headlines. Well, that'll do it. Okay, so the presidency, yeah, stressful job. Probably one of the most stressful in the entire world. And you have seen presidents gray over time. Like Barack Obama went into the presidency with dark hair. By the time he left, he was gray. Yeah. So it does age you. I mean, there's there's a lot to do when you're president. So I... She has a point that it will be difficult for she, him. But I, I don't ever remember but them saying some guy is going to die. die. <laughs> well, is, no. is she is she still angry about the Don Lemon remark about her not being in her prime anymore? Well, she's hung up on this cognitive test thing, and that mm. is her new deal. And as you mentioned, then you know Don Lemon, who now doesn't work at CNN anymore, mm-hmm. but at the time did, said, "Oh, well, you know, she's not in her prime anymore either." Whatever he said. And uh, look, I got to say, here's the, here is the thing though Casey in the modern world in which we live so there was a time where her saying that probably would have been hurtful for her because people would have said that's very unpresidential and it doesn't we, you know we never want the president to die no matter how much we dislike the person you know we want them to lose the ballot the box right yeah but in the modern world in which we live what are we doing right here we're talking about Nikki Haley mm-hmm in the instant media cycle, earned media, social media, she's garnered all sorts of publicity. And we're so desensitized now to things that used to be sort of normal behavior for, pre- you know, there was sort of a certain level of behavior that we expected from our president, our politicians, but we're so desensitized to that now. It's not going to hurt her at all. Like, it's just getting her freer in media. So in a weird way, she did absolutely the right thing. Yeah. Like I said, is she trying to get some headlines? Well, Van Jones says the thing that we kind of already know. Biden, is he running to elect Kamala Harris as president? She is in such an unusual position. She's a woman. She's black. She's Asian. And she's running alongside the oldest person to ever do it. So she's essentially running for president. That's what she's doing. And I think people understand that. So Van Jones was a member of the Obama administration. I think he now works at CNN. And it is interesting, right, that they're saying that out loud. This is not Nikki Haley saying it. Van Jones is a radical leftist saying it, that if you vote for Biden, you're voting for Kamala. And that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out, Casey, because the left is not denying it. It's not like they're out there going, that is so offensive and so ridiculous. And there's no way you've got people on their side. Mm hmm who are saying yeah. you're voting for Kamala Harris and whether that will be a hurt or a help for Biden, I don't know. You would think Kamala would always be a, a hurt 
based on her unlikability, and poll after poll shows that. Right, and her approval ratings, how they're so awful. But if it's compared to Biden, I don't know. Well, I think it's really interesting, you know, that three-minute video that he released earlier this week. There's quite a few clips in it of Kamala. And you would think that they would want all of the focus on Joe Biden. He's the one who's running for president. Yet a lot of the clips are of Kamala and Kamala even hugging Jill Biden. What does that have to do with Joe Biden? Yeah, great point. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Nikki Kelly from Indiana Capital Chronicles is going to join us. She's going to talk about all the shenanigans that took place last night at the end of the Indiana General Assembly. You got screwed big time. We'll talk about a code of mix. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Casey's here. You know, Casey, yeah. nothing says transparency like getting out of session at after two in the morning. It's a sneaky move. Oh, boy. Those lawmakers down there, 200 West Washington, they got out of Dodge. They did a whole bunch of stuff. And I got to tell you, I feel like I'm pretty up on what's going on. And even I couldn't keep track of all of it. But somebody who did, mm-hmm. because she's one of the best in the business, is Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capital Chronicle. Joining us now, Nikki, you're wide awake. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Late night? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Senate wrapped about 2.47 a.m., and then the governor had a press conference at 3 a.m. So. Oh, okay. A press conference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Nikki, let's start with this. I've always been bothered by the fact that the, you go through this long session, and then there's just a flurry of stuff after everyone else has gone to bed, that doesn't seem very transparent. And there's no way these people are actually reading the stuff they're voting on at this point. Um, You know, Senator Mike Young, who has been sort of ostracized from the Republican caucus and the Senate, even made that point during the budget presentation. He said he tried really hard and he got to page 130 of the budget and he ran out of time. (laughs) And and so he just refused to vote on the budget. Good for and him. Then he like, then he literally pieced out. We're not even sure he might have resigned on the floor. <laughs> just I, oh, so let's start with that. I mean, that is a terrible way to govern, right? Whether it's government you like, government you don't. We know these people are not reading, and I'm so glad Mike Young admitted there's no way they're reading the stuff they're voting on. I, look. I, you can read a lot. I, I read a lot of bills last night, and I do believe a lot of the lawmakers read them. But I also believe that the summaries are very important on nights like this, and also just talking to your fellow lawmakers, and, and you have to trust in their explanations of some of these bills because so much is coming through on the last night. That sounds like a super dangerous way to decide what people can do in society. Well, um, I think I think everyone sort of operates better with a deadline, I guess. And so you give them a deadline, and then although it was even like a false deadline, it was just a, I want to get out of town deadline. Uh, Nikki Kelly's our guest. She did a fabulous job along with the Indiana Capital Chronicle of reporting uh, last night from the Indiana State House. So let's start with the big news. And you had sent this to me yesterday. You guys did a great piece on this. Man, people are livid, including it looks like the current lieutenant governor, Suzanne Crouchman, had a big thing about this about these massive raises for the statewide elected officials. 
Yeah, I mean, that came out of a nowhere in the budget. Nothing about that topic had been approached at all. Um, and so you know, we finally got to talk to Senate Republicans last night because it was apparently from their side who really wanted them. And they said they've been working on it all session behind the scenes <laughs> and that our elected officials are, you know, not making up to par compared to other states. And it, that might be. I'd love to see the data, but the point is we didn't. Yeah. They just literally threw them in on the last night. And so I think it took everyone by surprise, including several of the elected officials themselves. I mean, it's very tone deaf, and that's the, we get a, we got a lot of calls and emails on this. It is totally tone deaf going with what's going on in society. And with the, you know, all the tax issues, et cetera, to go, hey, here's 65 grand more for the governor. Congrats. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that one's a definite perception issue. And, and again, we can have a conversation about whether they need to make more. Uh, you know, the last time they updated those was, I think, like 2006. But they are tied to legislative i mean to pay raises during for other state employees so they've grown organically over the years but apparently not fast enough for lawmakers that's wild nikki kelly's our guest from indiana capital chronicle casey go ahead now suzanne crouch said she was not in favor of these pay raises do you know why she said that yeah um when we talked to her on the senate floor it was it was definitely a process issue for her more than anything, the idea of inserting these in the budget without really talking to anyone. Uh, we did find out last night that the governor talked to lawmakers about it. He and the lieutenant governor, I think, asked specifically that they go into effect after their terms. So, you know, so that's why it's January 13th, 2025, I think, which is fine for those two, but for the other four current elected statewide, you know, they will all get a raise in their current term, including, you know, several who were just elected. In Diego November. Morales. Yeah, D- Diego yeah. and his Diego and his brother-in-law are going to be pulling in like 240k collective uh, of taxpayer money, and that that's ridiculous. Uh, Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capital Chronicle, our guest. All right, Nikki, uh, explain to us what happened last night with education, and this this is why I, as you know, you may know Nikki, I'm not a fan of the people who represent us down the street here. You may. Have heard that um yeah uh so last year when i talked to jeff thompson about the property tax refund and suspending the gas tax he was very adamant he said we must pay down as much on this pre-96 teacher pension debt as possible all the money must go towards it you don't understand rob this is going to be such a benefit (laughs) and then at the last second last night they pull hundreds of millions of dollars out of paying down that pension debt for public education. What in the world happened? Yeah, so this was one of the most fan, like fantastic things I've ever seen. So basically, the leadership in the House and Senate Republicans uh, came to a budget deal. They announced the budget deal. They had a press conference and PowerPoints and graphs and charts. And then the lawmakers, so w- w- what happens with education funding is you say, okay, 
uh, it's a 3% average increase in the first year and a 2% average increase in the second year, which in your mind, you're thinking, okay, great. But then they do what they call these things called the school runs, and they they put in individual school district information, such as enrollment and how many kids you have with complexity and how many kids who are on honors or CTE or all these different sort of categories, and it runs through what each district will get. Well, when those runs came out last night, Senate Republicans were shocked and not happy with what their districts were getting. Mm. They were told by their leadership, hey, we're putting all this money in K-12. It's going to be fantastic, historic record, blah, blah, blah. Well, the problem was part of the record investment is for vouchers. And so that doesn't go to your traditional public schools. So basically, Senate Republicans had, you know, a number of Senate Republicans had a little revolt in caucus and said, no, we're not not supporting this. We need more money in the formula to help our school districts. And so Senate Republicans went to the House and said, "Okay, we've got to do something to help out these districts. And I think this part, the House basically said, look, the billion dollar pay down has been your baby the whole time. By the way, that's in addition to the regular paydown that's in the budget that there is every year. And so they said, okay, so we're going to, instead of the billion, we'll take three, we'll take 300 million off that. And they put that 300 million in the formula. They ran another budget, which is why we were there at 2.47 a.m. And it was passed. Nikki Keller, guest from Indiana Capital Chronicle. I mean, this just enrages me, though, because Jeff Thompson, who's the head of Ways and Means, told me last year when it came to giving us money, hey, we'd love to help you guys out, but that that budget pay down and that extra billions of dollars for the for the uh, for the pension pay down, well, that's just so important, and we can't possibly come off that. And then right at the last second, with no discussion, no debate, no transparency, oh, public education needs three hundred million here. These people are so full of crap and i know you can't expand on that because you're a great reporter but these people are so full of crap nikki casey go ahead <laughs> okay nikki now you said that you were there at 247 last night but mike young was not he's one of the guys who just up and left at 130 before they voted on this yeah uh i mean he had gathered his his <laughs> like suitcases and stuff and and left and he did he said I think he used the term farewell in his speech. So, so I'm, I'm not kidding you that I don't, some of us looked around and said, did he just resign? Like it was very um, kind of shocking. And yeah, he left and, and went home. So, and, 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 you know, he's had a tough session because he turned against his Republicans last year and they have held him to it. They have ostracized him. They've, put him in the back corner sitting next to Democrats and they voted down virtually every amendment and bill he's brought. And, you know, I I think he's pretty tired. How about that press conference at 3 a.m. from Eric Holcomb? He said it's a generational impact budget. Was anybody even there at 3 a.m.? Like, were you the only one from the press that was there? And to be clear, I was not in the room because I was finishing up our newsletter at 3 a.m., but we had several reporters in the room. Not only were there a lot of reporters in the room, but Governor Holcomb had, I don't know, like eight members of his cabinet stay. They all looked exhausted <laughs> and from the pictures. And so, uh, you know, they were celebrating his agenda items, which mostly went through unscathed. 
Um, I just wish it was maybe a, a more tolerable hour. Well, hey, before we let you go, and, and we'll bring you back for this one because, I, I look, I feel like I nobody knows the property tax thing maybe mm. better than I do, but I, I've been trying to understand this. It looks like they took the Thompson bill and then watered it down, and Cherish Pryor last night was like, this doesn't, it, the Democrats, the Democrats, Casey, are saying the tax reform <laughs> doesn't go nearly far enough. That's the bizarro world we're living in. Am I understanding that properly, that they took that Thompson bill, which was a crap bill anyway, and then they just watered it down some more? Yeah, that's a pretty good recitation. We don't have a fiscal analysis yet on it, but they were claiming it was about $100 million in relief for next year's bills. Um so we'll, we'll kind of get a little more information on that in the next couple of days. They made three or four kind of tweaks. There certainly were no wholesale changes or anything like that. Well, we can't thank you guys over Capital Chronicle enough. You've done a phenomenal job reporting on the State House all, all year long. IndianaCapitalChronicle.com. You've made it so much easier for us to do our jobs. And uh, we love the work you do, Nikki Kelly. Thank you. Well, thanks very much, guys. I'm going to head to bed. (laughs) Nighty night. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you so much for joining us on this rainy Friday. Let's talk about these pay raises. Gross, that, right? That were approved, Gross. right? The governor going from 133000 to 198000 The lieutenant governor going from 108000 to 174000 But you also have these executive offices, which includes the auditor, the state treasurer, the secretary of state. They're also getting a 39% bump from 94000 to 131000 And you have a theory on this. Well, I was told this yesterday by a very reliable person who knows what's going on and I won't go any further than that because we will not out the people who could potentially have political and or job ramifications for giving me the information but as you know Casey if I throw it out to you on these airwaves there's a pretty good chance that it's 100% right Mm -hmm. Um, other than the governor all of the other offices who are receiving these raises. So the Lieutenant Governor, the Attorney General, the Secretary of State, the Auditor, and the Treasurer are all nominated at the Republican State Convention. So what that means is you don't vote on those people in a primary. The elected delegates to the State Convention decide who the party's nominee is going to be. And the as part of running for one of these offices at the Republican convention, you are required to pay what they call a filing fee. So again, you're not voting on it on your May primary ballot. It is only a select group of people at the convention, which is in June every other year. And that filing fee, Casey, Mm -hmm. is based on right now 10% of what the office pays. So, for example, if the office pays $90,000, $9,000 correct goes to the party. Correct. So, if you were to enhance the pay 
of, say, the lieutenant governor by whatever that ended up being, $60,000 or whatever the pay increase was for the lieutenant governor. I mean, it was some massive amount of money. Yeah. Then the cost to file to run also increases by, say, $600. If the pay increase was $60,000, then the Republican Party just made themselves $6,000 for every person who's running for that office. So let's say next year, Micah decides to run, and we know because he's probably not going to be picked as a running mate, he's going to leave it up to the delegates. And there is some other hand-picked person by who the other, the Republican nominee for lieutenant governor is. Well, now the Republican Party, on top of whatever they would get from Micah's filing fee, just made themselves an additional, and I'm just pulling out numbers here because I can't remember what the lieutenant governor was, but it was some huge amount. Maybe it's in the story there. Yeah, it's 174000 Okay, so 10%, but what was the increase? Does it say what it went up from in that story? Oh, well, you want me to do some math here. 108. Let's oh, okay. See. Okay, so I'm pretty close. 60 some thousand dollars. You're talking $6,000. 66000 Yeah, so so 10% of that is $6,600. Mm-hmm. The Republican Party just paid themselves using taxpayer money as the conduit to get that. Now, in these races, like let's take... Um, the Secretary of State, for example, I think there were five or six people who ran for Secretary of State at the most recent convention. Well, they raised that pay by $40,000. So that means if there's five people running and it was 4000 4, 4, is 10% of 40000 the Republican Party just made itself $20,000. So it's for every person who runs. Correct. I'm not going to use the term money funneling operation, but think about that. Think about how they are lining their pockets using taxpayer money, essentially, and and public policy as the conduit to funnel huge amounts of money into the Republican Party by forcing these candidates to pay that fee. And where does that money go? Oh, well, it goes to uh, pay Kyle Hupfer. Uh, you know, Holcomb's buddy who owns all those liquor stores. And that's just a coincidence, I'm sure, that liquor stores were exempted uh, during the pandemic. Of course, barbershops, salons, gyms, they couldn't stay open, but liquor stores were fine. Big coincidence, I'm sure. Uh, Goes to candidates, goes to salaries of people who work Work. in the office. Um, You people need to wake up, man. What these 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 Republicans hate you. They're stealing your money and giving it to their buddies and then they're creating an environment by which the party gets more money. Yeah, because it's the taxpayers who are paying their salary. They just gave themselves a big bump. They got to kick that back to the convention for the filing fee and the filing fee helps fund the party. Well, that's a big old circle, isn't it? It's almost like, because remember in the, when we said the, now, the only difference I guess you would say is in the case of FTX in Ukraine, literal taxpayer money went to Ukraine and it literally went to FTX is, is the allegation. That is total money laundering. In this case, they're forcing, they're bumping the pay, which is forcing other people to pay the filing fee if they want to run for the office in the future. So that's not exactly money laundering because somebody could choose not to run for the office. But this is completely dirty. (laughs) I mean, this is completely awful. And it's another example of the Republicans flipping a middle finger at you saying, 
we think you're too so much of cow too big of a coward to not vote for us we're going to abuse your money and we're going to abuse this system and we're going to line our own pockets as much as we damn well please because we're in it, we know you're too weak to do anything about it mm-hmm. does that make sense i mean is that i mean when somebody it was somebody again without outing the person who has very good knowledge of what goes on at the indiana republican state party and I'm sure now everybody will, the leaders at State Party will be going through everyone's emails trying to find out or text messages or <laughs> Who whatever. Told? Yeah, um, because that probably really narrows it down. But that's gross. Mm-hmm. And it's not just one person, it's all of them, because, all of the candidates. Because Nikki Kelly claimed, because obviously, like, Holcomb's not even going to get the raise. Holcomb didn't ask for it because it doesn't take effect till 2025. Crouch is supposedly... Now, it'll be interesting to see when if Crouch is the governor, right. if she'll decline the money. But because she said that she wasn't on board with this. Yeah, so you've got the governor saying he didn't ask for it and insisting it be after he... Not that we would ever say it's something nice about Holcomb. Lieutenant governor not on board with it. Who was this power person who wanted these raises? It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're going to hear from Donald Rainwater yes, coming up. Rainwater's coming up next. He has a huge announcement. Huge. All right. Stay with us. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You just want-